Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Good. Praise God, man. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Go to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Amen. Thank you. One excited person this morning about Jesus and the Word of God. Amen. Thank you, Rob. Also, too, there is a Version Bible app live event happening as we speak. If you are a Version Bible app user, you can go straight to your Version app. Click on the More button down on bottom right. You'll find events. Once you click on events, you'll find Faith Renewed there. And the notes today that you can follow along with, places where you can take notes, you can save this actual message today on there and go back to study later. Pretty cool, pretty cool thing that we're using for the kingdom. Amen. But Psalm 127, when you got it, say amen. amen. Cool. Let's do this. Let's pray and then we're going to read it, unpack it, talk a little bit about it this morning. But before we go any further, let's just talk to him one more time. God, thank you so much today for your presence, God, for your Holy Spirit who is with us, who's here. And God, I just thank you, Lord, right now, Father, for those that God, have gathered in your name, God, Lord, just according to your word, you're there in the midst. So, Lord, I just thank you that when you're present, God, just there's healing that flows, strength, all the things that we need, salvation, God, and we just turn to you and trust you in that today. God, whether we're in this room or those who are maybe tuned in via live stream or maybe even here in this podcast or even months and years down the road, God, your spirit's going to speak to them today through the word. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Dis- disclaimer, I'm used to using my headset when I speak hands-free, so I'd, I'd always issue this disclaimer when I'm not. We're still working on some sound things. If the microphone comes in your direction, at some point slides out of my hand because I'm used to hands-free, duck. So all you have to simply, it's a simple thing that you do, duck. Uh, so it's that easy. But uh, I do want to say before we jump in too, too far into this thing, I want to say happy anniversary. 11 years ago today, February 4th, 2007, the first service began at Faith Renewed. So 11 years ago. Happy anniversary. Pretty cool, man. I praise God for that. Amen. Uh, we made a little bit bigger deal about that last year, our 10-year celebration. Quite a, a uh, shindig is where I call it, where I come from. Uh, it was pretty cool, man, what we encountered and saw God do. it Again, one year's passed since then. Hard to believe, but uh, again, praising God for what he's doing. I did do something this week. Some of you may not know why I did this, but just on our Facebook uh, family group page that we have, uh, this is not public uh, page, but um, I do want to do this on our public page because it was so beautiful and encouraging. But uh, on our family page, if you're part of our church, not on that, please let us know. We'd love to get you connected to that group. But uh, I just kind of put out there, hey, can you maybe just say, you know, very short, simple thing to what Faith Renewed means to you. And uh, it was just beautiful what I was hearing back. So many, some things and some words that were kind of throughout. uh, And, uh, you know, it was beautiful. I tried to kind of condense this. There were so many, such great feedback. I'm just going to read through some of what just came across there. And uh, I hope, again, that you've encountered this, experienced this. If you're looking for a church, maybe this is where God's calling you to be a part of this. But uh, one of the things that we kept hearing was the word home. Amen. And uh, there's a big difference between a house and a home we're going to look at today. So, But home, beautiful thing. Uh, someone said, you're exactly where you need to be. Love. No place I'd rather be this side of heaven. Uh, a blessing. Loving, caring, Jesus freaks. Uh, I, I was like, 
Come on, somebody. And uh, pretty cool. Um, solace for my bruised heart. Wow, so beautiful. Um, a Bible-believing church and keeps us in the Word daily. Um, one said everything. Man, just wrapped up in, in that. Uh, three words, God, real, family. Uh, true meaning to follow Christ. Freedom, transformation, power. Acts 29. Some of y'all both been around a while. Remember that series, Acts 29. Go back and listen to that one. Uh, shalom, hope, love, care, compassion, and most importantly, Jesus. Uh, one said Thanksgiving Day at the table. I don't know about you, but I love me some Thanksgiving Day, especially at the table. And uh, so good. I love that. Word I heard the most, and I uh, so thankful for it. And it is our heart. It was this. It was the word family. And I uh, just heard that many different ways. Ohana, close family. Family that truly loves and cares for one another. Uh, this one was funny. Family, but actually not dysfunctional. <laughs> and uh, I guess one that just, I just love, and it kind of, again, uh, is the heart of this church, and it was just making Jesus known. And um, they said it this way. They said, this was true when my family entered those doors five years ago, broken and needing the presence and love of Christ, it's true today, only now we get to be on the other side and can testify to the wondrous works and grace of God. And ain't that how it works? We come in, encounter him, experience him, so that we can in turn be a part of giving and showing that to someone else. So I just love that. Again, uh, just um, you know, for myself, on behalf of Angel, who today is home, uh, y'all pray for her, battling this cough stuff and all that kind of fun things. Just remember her. But we'll just as your pastor, just say thank you. Well, we just love this church, love what God is doing. It, it actually just keeps getting better. Uh, and it's one of those things where I speak to some ministers, and they're like, you know, kind of like counting down, man, when they get to kind of give it up, man. But I just tell you, I love it. It just keeps getting better. We've seen so many lives changed in this church over 11 years. Salvation, healing, just deliverance, restorations beyond belief. Just amazing what we've seen God do. And I truly believe best is yet to come for this church. Amen. So happy anniversary. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, say happy anniversary. <clears throat> happy, <clears throat> happy anniversary. And tell them this. Look at your other neighbor and say, you know something, this rain really brings out this, the, the body and the natural volume in your hair. Tell them that, if you would. Just tell them this rain really brings out the beauty and natural volume in your hair. Some of you guys don't have to worry about that, but that's okay. It's all good. Amen. Amen. Psalm 127. Psalm 127. We're going to jump in this thing. It reads like this. It says this in verse 1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Likewise, in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Love that verse. And verse 5 says, Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. This is a fun, fun psalm today. I love this. And as we kind of just... Hang out with there a little bit in Psalm 127. There are three kind of key areas there that kind of highlighted in my heart as I studied this that we see. And if you're following along, you'll find these in your notes. If not, you're taking notes. The first one is this, vanity. Vanity. Now, this was a, this was a, a word that I, I feel like our English understanding of this word has messed up 
the true meaning of this word. Um, now, again, you, you would, if you look this up in your English dictionary, you would probably find something along the lines of someone who ha- enjoys uh, th- their appearance and they find kind of great joy in what they see, you know, when they look in the mirror. And they, they are one of those kind, you know, and they, they turn their head sideways and the light sparkles in their eye and off their teeth and they... Give it one of them. You know, they, they're vain. They're, 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 that's vanity. That's kind of how I've always kind of saw that word. And um, I believe there's a connection to that. And, and as we find out actually what the word means here in Hebrew, it is, it's amazing that I guess you can kind of see it go back to that. But that word vanity and vain is actually something that will kind of carry over into other areas of our life. Because, you know, there's, there's some of us who you may look in the mirror and you don't like what you see. You know, you're, you speed up when you see the mirror. You kind of walk past it, you know, and you, you go a little bit quicker. and You don't enjoy kind of pausing and doing those things. And so that, that may be you, but you know something? We can still be vain. Because the actual meaning of this word, and we see that word used three times in the very first two verses, you see the word vain. The word means this. It means emptiness or nothingness. Hmm. Emptiness or nothingness. So it, it, it can mean that now we are laboring, we're working, and we're doing things but it's meaning in the end, nothing. It's, it's, it's amounting to when it's all said and done, nothing there is of value. So I want you to kind of think, and when you think about this word, and you think about maybe some of the areas of your life, stuff that you're walking through, going through, maybe begin to think this way. Is this a value or is this a vanity? Is this a value or is this a vanity? Because again, are we laboring in vain? He doesn't even say don't labor. He just says, don't do it in vain. Don't put the effort and the labor towards something in the end that is meaningless and nothingness. And so you'll hear Jesus, and I love this, you'll hear Jesus kind of as he speaks and teaches. And we're going through Matthew on Wednesday. I say that a lot because it's really cool breaking down and sitting down, slowing down, and looking at Scripture like we do on Wednesday. But we are hearing Jesus speak right now from the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, you will hear him speak and talk, and you will hear him, I think, kind of reference and go back to kind of what we're seeing even in the Psalms. Because you would hear Jesus speak about something like this when he would refer to a story about a very wise and a very foolish builder. Someone who built this house upon the sand. Someone who, who built this house upon the rock. And he says something. You know, it is that foolish person who builds. Again, someone who's laboring but building, but in the end it's nothing because this is what happens. The storm comes. The rain falls. He doesn't say if this happens. So it just tells you we're, we're in a messed up world. And I know it's not real encouraging, but there are storms and things that happen. They're just things that come your way. But he says this. He says when you've built upon the rock, when it comes... Still standing. 
I, I just, it's kind of like today, we've, we've had this heavy rain, it's kind of ceasing, and it's kind of starting to slow down, and I, I just, I just kind of, in my, my heart, kind of see this kind of story come to life. It's like the wind's blowing, it's cold, it's rain, it was coming down. People told me that from our earlier service, they were coming and actually going through like puddles, and it was washing up over the car, and I'm like, man, that's a storm, that's, that's crazy, and, and then it's just kind of like, now all that's kind of ceased, still standing. The rain came, the wind blew, all these things came. It was because, again, when it was all said and done, what are we building? Something of value or something of vanity. And so what do we see? We actually hear in, this, in this, this particular psalm, the writer of it was Solomon. Now, Solomon is attributed to, to two songs of ascent that we'll talk about in a second. And this is one where we see, and you, you know that when we studied this guy earlier in 1 Kings, it refers to him in chapter 4 that he is one of the, the wisest men who actually lived this earth. You learn something about Solomon, though. This wise guy, this wise, wise person didn't apply those things always. And so the, some of the cities that he built destroyed. Some of the homes and palaces and things that he built in the end meant nothing because, again, he got wrapped up in vanity, not something of value. So we want to ask you today, this again, these are thoughts that keep coming back. What do we look at? So today, are we doing this? Are we building a house or a home? Are we building a house or a home? Again, what does that look like for us? I think it's pretty cool, again, just how God works all this stuff out. And on the 11-year anniversary of this church, we're looking at building something to last. We're not talking about, again, something that's temporary. I'm, I'm thankful, again, that what God put in our hearts so many years ago is still operating today. As a matter of fact, we're seeing it grow and flourish and God do great things. Because it comes to this point, we have to look and continually remind ourselves we have to build things of value. Build things of value. So, so just again, this is not one of those you look at your neighbor and tell them, but just look at your heart and say this. Am I building something of value today? Am I building something of value? Am I placing my time where this should be? So again, let's just kind of look at that and remember that again, a theme I believe that carries over as I first kind of read and studied this. The second kind of theme I believe that kind of stands out here is the word Worry. Number two, number two is worry. We see in verse two, it says this, is it, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. So this is, this is kind of what's happening here. And he, I believe he's wanting us to see there is no value in worrying. There is no value in worrying. He, it's that, that person who's maybe doing this. He's saying, you're staying up late. You're getting up early. You're, you're kind of doing this sort of kind of stuff. You're trying to be in control. You're trying to be the one that you're kind of like, when everybody else is asleep, maybe your spouse is snoring, and you're sitting there with your eyes wide open. Maybe your eyes are wide open because they're snoring. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But, but whatever that may be, they're resting, and you're not maybe it's just kind of one of those things that you're kind of like, man, I'm worried about this, and I want to kind of fix this and do this. And so now you're losing sleep over something that you can't change. You're losing sleep over something that you can't change. And, and again, I love the psalm. We didn't, we didn't go into deep into Psalm 121, but I love verse 4. It says this. It says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You know what that means right now? God is awake. He is alert. 
He's watching and observing, and his eyes are open and looking out for you so that you can rest, so that you can sleep. He's awake and at watch so we can rest. And so this is awesome. If you find yourself kind of that worry thing messing with you, you're laying in the bed or whatever that looks like, or even during the day, where your time is being used, is pulling you away from something that's valuable, is causing you to do something that's a vanity of worthlessness, of emptiness. If you find yourself going to that place, first of all, do this. No, he's awake. So you do, so you do this. You talk to him. I'm going to give you a couple of options. Plan A, talk to him. Talk to him. Now, again, this ain't to like put anybody down or speak negative. I just know some, it's just things, some struggles happen and things go down or whatever, and different reasons why this takes place. But, you know, sometimes you'll see those posts where somebody may say, you know, they post on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know, anybody else awake? And it's 3 a.m. in the morning. And uh, anybody else out there awake too? And not negative on this. I mean, this is going to help us. I believe somebody's going to sleep better tonight. And they're going to rest today because you're going to see something. And so th- this is what happens. So, so they're awake trying to figure out who else is awake. And then this is usually what happens in a situation. We'll begin to talk about why we're awake. So I'm going to give you a couple options. No- number one, right, instead of getting on Facebook, get, seek his face. Or get in the book. Y'all see, that's, that's cute one. You know, Facebook, one of those two, that's, that's a couple of options that, that you can do. See his face, get in the book, or, or whatever. Or you, or you do this, or, or do this. The other option is this. Go back to sleep. Okay. He's awake. He's got this. And so you're like, oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. All right, I'm going back to sleep. Just rest in this. This is good. And, and I heard this study from the University of Wisconsin. Listen, listen to this. 40% of the things that we worry over can never even happen. We're about to break down 100%. This is wild. I heard that. I was like, well, man, man, this is like good sermon stuff. 40% of, of why we worry can never even happen. of why we worry are things that are from our past. Things we can't change. So we're laying there worrying about something that's already happened and done that we have no control over. What a waste. 12% of our worries are over criticisms of others. We're laying there worried about what somebody else thinks. Something else going on. I began a club way back in the day when I was early in ministry, and it was called I Don't Give a Rib Club. And uh, the I Don't Give a Rib Club is, is not where you're like, kind of like, oh, give a rib. You know, you're all kind of like, like anarch, no, no, anarchy or whatever. It's just where you do this. You just say, you know something? I don't really, I'm not going to live my life trying to please anybody else. I, I want to please him. I'm not going to bow before them in judgment one day. Now, again, I want to show love to everybody. I want to be gracious. I want to be that person who, again, who is not just kind of like, I could care less what you think. No, 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 no. But ultimately, I'm not going to lose sleep and worry about something that you think. Because, again, I'm not going to answer to you. Some of y'all are like, that pastor's mean. I'll tell you right, that pastor. No, this is good. It's to help us. Uh, 10% of the things that we worry about, personal health. Personal health, 10%. So you know that's what this means. You know what worry does to your personal health? 
It makes it worse. And so we're worrying about something that in the end that's going to make it worse on us when we do it. So you still love how the enemy's using this. And this is what you're left with if you've been doing the math. 8% are things that could actually even happen. But in the end, listen, why worry about something or let something control you that you can't control? So we release those things. We let those go. And I I think Jesus did this. I think this is like a condensed verse of, again, Jesus on the mount when he began to speak and talk about worry. Follow along in Matthew 6, verse 25. It's in your notes or it'll be on the screen. Verse 25 says this. And this is red letter. Jesus speaking. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, nor uh, what you will put on. And you, again, you're hearing all these in the 100% of the things we worry about. Your clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Not vanity, but value. He sees worth in you. Man, that's good. Which of you, by worrying, can add one more cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, the writer of this thing, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. See what this does? Verse 31, he says it again. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, drink, or what shall, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, man, write it down. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, he's saying this. Man, don't get wrapped up. Don't get caught up worrying about something you can't change. Let our time become valuable. So again, see, vanity is something different today. Again, how it's pulling us away from. And one of the biggest things about worry is just simply this. It's disobedience. It's just disobedience. And so, so we want to do this. We want to say, I want to be obedient. So, again, I don't want to get pulled in. And, again, this is stuff that everybody can get caught up, pulled into. So, again, we get set free from that today. So, again, beautifully, vanity, number one. Number two here, we're seeing worry. Number three, the final one this morning is this. I see it so heavily. The, my, the theme here coming out of this is the word parenting. Parenting. As we begin to think about this now, again, we don't just kind of zero in on just a physical uh, a parenting thing that happens. This is going to flow over into that. This is going to be stuff that will help us. But this is things that we can see. And I believe, again, is speaking even spiritually, parenting and what this looks like. And so as we kind of go into this, there's two things kind of God put in my heart in between the services as I went into this second service today. that He wants to give grace for a couple of areas. He wants to give grace for how you were parented and how you've parented. Just felt that. Just, that in this, just kind of today, God's going to show some grace for how you've parented and how you were parented. And so as we look, and let's kind of see what this is supposed to be and what this is supposed to look like. He said in verse 3 of 127, he says that children are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And the message says this, they're God's greatest gift. Now, as some of you parents who are here and who have kids, you're saying, (laughs) 
God, did you fall asleep when they wrote that and you missed that part? Because sometimes we don't see that. We don't, we don't always realize that this is kind of what's happening. But he's trying to show us something here, man. They're a blessing. They're a gift. And parenting is just it's one of those things that can be very difficult at times. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard with like two parents. Some of the single parents, man, God bless you. And we want to be that family to help in that process. It's hard. Some of the two parents want to be that part of that process, help you in this because it's difficult. Parenting can be very hard. And it's one of the things that we first off to do if we are blessed and we're having that physically and even spiritually make the very intentional decision to do this is we choose to parent. We choose to parent. Parenting is a decision because here's the thing. There are a lot of people that have kids that are not parents. There are a lot of people out there. That's not to knock them down. Hopefully, maybe that's for all of us to learn and grow from. And again, we pour into and we see again something that's a heritage. It says here that that heritage is it's it's an inheritance. That's what that word means. They're, they're a blessing. That they're, they're a gift that God's given us. And as we look at the parenting thing, as we kind of figure out kind of what that looks like, I've done series on that and done messages on that. We won't hang out and do a whole thing today, but I, I just, you know, maybe you can go back and listen to those, but Parenting is important, and it's something that we do. And I believe, again, God wants to give some grace here because he knows we don't always get it right. He, he, he knows this. He knows none of us have been parented exactly right. And so, but he wants us to kind of grow and learn in these things. And one of the ways here, I, I like how he references this here. He actually says that, like, that children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. That warrior does. That warrior takes that bow, he pulls that arrow out of the quiver, he places it along the string, he pulls it back, and he releases that thing towards the target. And so as a parent, we, we take that child, we do what we can, and we do everything we can do to trust that, man, we're releasing them and sending them towards the target. And this is what happens. Once you let go, you have to trust God to do what else, do what else has to be done. You, you can't control. Once it's released from you, you, you have no control. You have no, no control once that has happened. So now we do this. We just do what we can do. Proverbs 22, 6, very, very popular verse. It says it this way. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. So we do this. We understand that we're, we're doing what we can do to train up our children. We do this. We show the grace and, and, and to those who have parented us, who may have missed it at times. And we walk towards this purpose and plan. And our goal as parents, spiritual and, and physical, we should have the heart that where our primary goal is this. Again, not that they're on the honor roll. Nothing wrong with the honor roll. I hope all my kids, man, they, I, some of my kids, man... Let's just say, I wish they was on honor roll. I'm going to put it that way. I, mean, I wish they was closer to the honor roll. I just wish they was closer to it, man. They ain't got to be on it. Just closer to the honor roll. But that ain't the goal in the end. Again, is it good? Is it great? Is it awesome? Yeah. The goal is this. The, the goal is not for them to hit the ball over the fence. Anything wrong with hitting the ball over the fence? Absolutely not. It's awesome. Very cool, man. That is an amazing thing. If they do it, Cheer. But we want to teach and instill in our kids why they're gifted. Why they have the things that they've been given. If my kids are used in ministry, it's amazing to watch how God flows through them in the areas of giftings that they have. But in the end, it doesn't mean anything if that gift is not given glory to the giver of the gift. 
And so we want to do this. And I love how I'm seeing the platform be used. The Eagles, some of those guys who are playing in the Super Bowl today, I saw a video somebody posted. It's like, awesome. This dude preaching about, man, why he has a gift of football and has to give people, uh, show people Jesus. I'm like, I'm cheering for the Eagles. I don't even like you know, the NFL anymore. But I'm just cheering for them, bro. I mean, because they're using their platform. So, again, the gift and the purpose and the primary goal is that our kids know Jesus. And they follow him. And so we do a couple of things. A couple of things that are very important. We give correction and we give affection when it comes to parenting our kids. It's so important. And because and this is what happens. We, we are the ones that should give both of those things. We are the ones that should show our kids what those things look like the right way. Because here's the truth. There are people, and, and every one of us, they're seeking after those things, and they will find both of those things. This is what happens. They will find, ultimately, correction if they don't get it at home. You know what it looks like? We've actually, our government has created Department of Corrections. Now, this is, this is, this is, this is wild, man, but it's true. Let's do it at home. Let's run those people out of business. Let's take our government funding and things that are out there and start putting them towards something else of value. But again, I believe that could help and change when parents start correcting. Now, again, you do that out of love. You do that because you care. And again, there's a lot of Bible on that, and I've taught on it. But just again, we correct because, again, they will be corrected at some point. Let's show that. Let's also do this. Let's give not just a correction. Let's give affection. Let's show our kids what affection is supposed to look like. And if we do this, I don't believe they'll have to be trying to find it in the backseat of a car. I don't believe they have to find it, try to find it behind closed doors. And they won't be having to look for affection someone else because mama and daddy modeled that in the home. The parents showed our kids what that looked like. We lovingly loved our kids and showed them, and they don't have to search for that anywhere else. We teach them to seek first the kingdom of God. And what he does is this. He adds the things to that when it's supposed to be, and he shows us what that looks like. So, again, we pursue him. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, a message says this. It says, write these commands commandments that I've given to you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. And then get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are. Sitting at home. Walking in the street. Talking about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Now this is saying we don't talk about just Jesus on Sunday. Teaching them our, our, about Jesus every day. And, I, and again, if I think if we do this, and again, not out of religion, but just show them that they can have a relationship with Jesus, it won't get on their nerves. It won't, they won't cause them to resist and push back for that. But if we show them something real, they'll want it, and they'll pursue it. And I believe we can have our kids do this. And that final verse that we see there in verse 5, it speaks of and it talks about that when we have those kids who have been raised up to be warriors as well, when we go and we come to the gate and we see the enemy, they're standing with us. They're there with us. And I'm going to be honest, man, and I believe that we're seeing this and we're doing it. I believe we're raising up some children. We're raising up some kids that can charge the gates of hell, man. And when the enemy comes at them, when he sees them, they're not cowering down. They're standing up because they've been trained up and been taught of the Lord. Now, the final verse is our worship team gets ready to come around. I want you to think on this for a second. Then I said this earlier. This is a song, and you'll see this referred to in your Bible there. 
as a song of ascents. A song of ascents. That, that means this, that they would actually sing this song and they would declare this as they were going up into worship in Jerusalem. A lot of theologians have, have taken this, and I read a man about how someone one thinks that it means this is what a song of ascent is. This is what a song of ascent is. But I, I believe, for me, as I was just studying this, what truly is a song of ascent, it's, it's this. It's this. They were singing this in faith as they were going up the mountain to go into the place of worship because they knew they couldn't do this on their own. So again, this wasn't a vanity song. This was a prayer, a song of hope that, God, with you, we can do this. That we may have missed this, but, God, I know that with you, I'm able to go forth and live this and walk in this. Because here's the truth. None of us have parented perfect or been parented perfectly. So we all need this. It begins with this, and this is again, this is not just physical, this is spiritually. Again, what we're pouring in the next generations, even on the 11 year anniversaries, we're continuing to build on something that's going to be around when we're gone if Jesus has not returned. That's the heart of this church. So, this is how we do this we sing this song as we come to Him that God help us where we've missed it. Help me to show grace when those that are around me and taught me have missed this as well. And it starts with this. I heard this term and I never had thought about this when I was talking and someone said this being a Christian is generational but it's not genetic it's generational but it's not genetic and this was the quote there are no grandchildren in the kingdom of God so that means this we don't get to heaven because of what our parents did or didn't do it has to become personal because your parents can do everything right and you still miss it. They could have messed up miserably and you still make it. So it is because of this reason it becomes personal. So he's not granddaddy on the throne. He's father. It becomes personal. So I want you to just stand with me, please. And just as you stand, we'll see this at the end there, the you version event. We ask the question, God, what are you saying to me? God, what are you saying to me? He says so many things to me as I study and prepare each week and come to altars and give that over to God. It's like weekly. I find myself going to God and just kind of praying and letting Him kind of work in me what He's shown me in the Scriptures. I want us to do this. Just right where you're standing today, just take a moment, just bow your heads and close your eyes and just think for a moment today. What is it that He's saying to you? What today is He calling you to build this of value? Because again, if He's asking us not to do the one, that means the other is possible. That means that we don't have to build it vanity that we can do something that's worth for him. That's what that means. He's not going to ask us to do something he's not able to do through us. So God today, anything that we've been today, maybe God not walking in, it's been a vanity. We just lay before you. And God, we want to build something of value. I just feel today there's some that God wants to set you free from worry and doubt, fear. 
He wants to set you free from that today. So God, we just trust in that right now, what you're doing right now in this room. And that last and final one, as a parent, today I believe there needs to be some grace shown. Whether again, you may have missed it as a parent, you can't change the past, go worried about that 30%. What can I do differently today? What can I pour into the next generation? What can I do? So I show grace for how I was parented, how I've parented, release those things. And we do this today. I want to do this specifically as well. If you have children that need God, we want to pray for them. And if you have parents that need Christ, we want to pray for them. Feel that. That's two areas. Again, grace today is going to flow forth. Healing is going to move in this room right now. So God, I thank you today, Jesus, that you're here. That you're at work right now in our midst. But first of all, I want to ask you, is he your father? Is God Father to you? Again, not just grandfather, not somebody, not one of these relatives distant. No. Is He personal? Is He real? Do you know Him as Daddy? Today, if not, you can surrender your life over to Him. You can just today allow Him to come and draw you into Him. Show you what true affection and correction and love looks like. So God, I thank you today that you're speaking to hearts and lives in this room. So we always do this. We want you to respond today and, and, and flow and move as God has spoken to your heart. We never want to just get up and leave and walk out the doors and not respond to what the Spirit of God is drawing and doing in our hearts. We never want to be that, do that, be that church. So today I want to ask you to respond to what God is speaking to your heart. Maybe there's just a situation that's going on. It may have nothing to do with what was said in this message today. But you know some God got you here and He's here because he wants to love and meet you. And as a family, we'd love to pray with you. So right now as a worship team gets ready to minister in song, I want you to do this. If you need prayer for any reason, God's spoken to your heart today. I just want to ask you to do this. Just step out from where you come, where you're at. Come to this altar. We're going to pray with you. If you want to talk to someone in the back, we have a care ministry room available. Someone to pray and talk to you as well. But today as a worship team begins to right now release something in this atmosphere, Spirit of God is just going to move. Let God bring healing to your situation today. Let God do something in your, in your life tonight. So God, I thank you for what you're getting ready to do in this room. And I thank you, Lord, today for what's been spoken by the people of this room. Oh, Lord, this is a home. This is a family. This is a place of love. And as a family, God, we come together, encourage one another, and point them to you. Love them where they're at. And God, we thank you right now. We have the opportunity to respond as you draw us. In Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.